And we are back, this time taking a break from Fire and Blood to discuss a new show from HBO, Raised by Wolves. It's a series about two androids trying to raise children on a new planet after Earth is devastated by a religious war between atheists and fanatics. Uh, Preston, you wanted to discuss this. Yeah, the show's produced by Ridley Scott. Um, first two first two episodes um, were directed by him. And a lot of the themes and the, and the artwork and everything is very, you know, alien Prometheus, you know. But yeah, no, it was a it was an interesting show, so I, I wanted to talk about it. And and Carmine had had happened to have watched it as well, and so I was like, let's. Which is rare for me, because <laughs> as everybody knows, like I'm very like slow in watching new stuff that came out. But I gotta say, this entire show feels as though Ridley Scott was spitballing ideas for Prometheus and the Alien prequel trilogy, and he threw yeah. some of those ideas out. But then for this show, he went back into that garbage bin, took him out, and put him in this show. That's what this feels like. It does. I mean, some of them are so spot-on similar, you know, and you're like, oh, geez. And, and just the alien designs of everything and, and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, right off the bat, um, you know, there's, there's – especially with Prometheus, there's a there's – a, how he views religion – and and the metaf- the show's metaphor for religion and and how it you know that goes is a uh, is a big part of it. You know, Prometheus is so much about religion, um, about uh, creators. Um, like so so the like the you know obviously the plot of Prometheus is a bunch of people land on a planet, but there's this you know the the themes are you know a cre- a creator creates. Uh, like God creates his, you know, his Adam and Eve, his humans, right? And so in in the show, I mean, in the movie, God is replaced by the engineers. But then there's this need to murder your God in order to become a creator yourself. And so as man produce, as man pursues science, they they kill God in order to make their own creations. And then, you know, in the show, like, the android himself, like, and this goes into Alien Covenant, like, he wants to kill his creators so he can then, like, be a creator. I mean, that's the theme they're going for. Um, You know, it's kind of weird because, you know, like, obviously people that pursue science who are atheists wouldn't think they're killing any creator. They're just discovering the world through science. Um, and they don't necessarily have this like huge burning desire to be creators, you know, uh, I don't know the people, the people that are in biology that study something like cloning. It's not like they're sitting around being like, I want to be God. I want to be a creator. But this is, this is how he's viewing it and how he's framing it. And then raised by wolves, it's kind of, they're doing something weird where the creators are dead and yet the messages continue on past their programming and he's comparing that to like religion where okay the people that wrote the bible and whatever purpose the bible had now in modern society we're kind of past that um and it's the same with these androids who like well the people that created these androids are gone like the atheists are gone and dead um and they're continuing on with their with their um you know, mission, even though it's, they've perhaps, you know, it doesn't apply anymore. But that's, in a nutshell, these, these kind of, uh, these Ridley Scott themes that are, that are there. I feel as though even though Ridley Scott is a part of it, and some of these things are definitely his idea, after a couple of episodes, it kind of takes off and does its own thing. Like, you can tell Ridley Scott's fingerprints are on this, yeah. but at the same time, the showrunner, who whose name escapes me, you can tell that he came in here at the very, you know, middle, like midway through and just did his own thing, which mm. I guess you could yeah. argue is good or bad. I do feel that, I do feel that, like, it ends, like, as it progresses towards the ending, it becomes a completely and utterly different show than how it started. But it also doesn't make a lot of sense, because (laughs) when Ridley Scott did Prometheus, there were more questions than answers. And then when we got Alien Covenant, the sequel to Prometheus, once again, kind of more questions than answers but not as much as prometheus because because i think ridley scott was more interested in the thematic parallels than he was to actually creating a story that was comprehensive that's fair that that's that's fair but for for the plebs like me it kind of bothers me i want answers 
he want, he wanted that whole story about like God and creator and, and, and that thing, which I think, I mean, I even think it's kind of stupid, like, like, but, but like for, but for a viewer, like, you know, they're like, but the story doesn't make sense. Like, why are people taking off their helmets? Like, this just doesn't make any sense. Why, why is a scientist who studies biology, like, reaching out for an animal, like an alien and with, his, with his hand? Like, stupid, you know. But. I, I would say, um, uh, I forgot the guy's first name, but Fassbender, the actor who plays David the Android in the Prometheus yeah. uh, tr- uh, trilogy, love his portrayal, love his acting as David the Android. Um, you there, come aren't, there to... two, aren't there only two movies in the in the? Mm-hmm. There's just there's just Prometheus and Alien Covenant, right? You said yeah, trilogy. It, it's like, it's <laughs> essentially the Alien prequel trilogy because a third movie was announced and they're like in the process oh, really? of a yeah. So um, and he, and he is set to reprise his role as uh, uh, Michael Fassbender as David the Android. But I will say I like his performance as an android more so than I like. Uh, it's more believable that he's an android more so than father and mother as an android because they don't really act like androids as much. Yeah, I mean it's weird because father is incredibly likable, and mother, oh, I love him. Yeah, father's incredibly likable, and mother is not likable at all, um, which actually is a big problem for me near the end of the season. Um, you know, like. She's done all of these horrible things. I mean, are we we're, we're, are we in spoiler territory? Are we assuming I, that everybody's watched the, the show? Because right now this must be gibberish for, for anyone who's not seen this. <laughs> um, for, well, for uh, spoiler warnings, of course, but Raised by Wolves, for those of you who don't want to uh, go in too far deep and want to end the, the video here, um, it's on HBO Max. I'm sure there are other ways to get the show. <laughs> But um, it's definitely <laughs> worth checking out. And before you go into spoiler yeah. territory. I mean, I, I, I would say before we go into spoiler territory, I want to say that, like, <clears throat> the show's got problems. It's got serious pacing problems. Yes. Serious pacing problems. But I will say, you know, I was really looking forward to the next episode because I needed to find out what was happening. And the ideas and creativity on the show was just phenomenal. And, you know, I just... I just I needed to find out what what was going to happen. It, like it 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 reeled me in, even though it was very slow. Um, but you know, and it's some great creative ideas. It's fantastic, fantastic show, fantastic sci-fi. Um, it's weird yeah. sci-fi, and I'm glad HBO made the decision to release three episodes and eventually two episodes a week because lately there has been a weird discussion among streaming services on how to really proceed with things do we release everything the same day like netflix or do we release it you know week after week like disney plus and amazon is doing now with the boys um i think this is a happy medium and i'm so glad Mm -hmm. hbo did that because had i had to fucking wait week after week after week i probably would have given up on the show because the first couple episodes the pacing is bad I always yeah. stress everyone should give every new show the three episode test. Um, this show needs the six episode test. That's that's you really need to stick with it to really just kind of get engrossed <clears throat> in it. Yeah. And yeah, but um, I'm sorry. Let's let's dive into spoiler territory. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> obviously the show is about these two androids that land on the planet, and then they're raising six human beings from embryos, from frozen embryos, as atheists, because mm-hmm. Earth has been destroyed from a massive war between zealots and atheists. And so they think that Earth is, is gone, and so they just want to get away and start a new society. Adam and Eve want to start a new society without God um, with these six uh, children. Five children die uh, from various causes, and, and so they're left with one one child um who is of course like the humanity is is doomed because you can't have humanity go on with only one child but then the zealots arrive and you know it's it's an interesting rub right like the only way for campion the boy to continue on and continue on the human race is you know to to be peacefully reunited with, with the, the humans from the zealots. But like mother's programming refuses to allow um, him to ever be raised religiously. And so, you know, she has a secret program. It turns out she's super powerful and she ends up killing 
all of the zealots, <laughs> except for a handful, that she just murders thousands of people, including children. She saves five children to restart her experiment. So now they're back up to six in their colony. And then a few random zealots, you know, I, I want to say it's somewhere like 30. I, I'm, it's tough to tell how many zealots are left, but I want to say tw- like 10, like uh, 20 or 30 about that. Yeah. 20 or 30 zealots are left. And, you know, the zealots realize that they need to get the children back. And within the zealots are two imposter atheists who killed some zealots, took on their identities, and are now posing as zealots, even though they're atheists. And it just so happens coincidentally, and this is a little, a lot of, lot of contrivance here, that one of the children that was, what, that was stolen was of the the zealots i mean the uh, the athe- the hidden atheist's child even though it's not their real child but cuz they killed the real parents and took on their identities but they've still bonded with this other child and so now they they feel like they need to get the children back you know Preston you hear that yeah crickets that, that that's the sound of people clicking out of this video because yeah. no people who have never we always get like random people who are, like if we do like a show we we'll always get like random people who have never seen that show <laughs> and they're okay with that but now yeah. like this is the cutting off point where everybody's like huh you gotta watch the show it really gets oh, a yeah. little convoluted but it, it starts to settle in so and then it becomes so george r, r. martin at the end <laughs> oh god oh god because because I mean, if we want to jump to the ending, like there's well, all let's of these the ending for, for a little bit, uh, save the, the ending one... for a little bit, but there's so many mysteries, like over the course uh. of this 10 episodes, you just have, it's just one mystery over the other. Like, you're just like, wait, that doesn't make sense. That, where's that coming from? Like, why? Like all of a sudden they start seeing ghosts of the dead children and like, and then, <laughs> you know, you like, know what it reminded me of? It reminded yeah. me of the movie Event Horizon, but like. Uh, combined with, with Prometheus. That's really yeah. what it reminded me of. Because in Event Horizon, for those of you who, who aren't aware, it's a Sam Neill film. Essentially, um, he events like the ability, uh, uh, for a ship's ability to go into like light speed or whatever. And the ship he invented that can go into light speed, light speeds into another dimension that happens to be hell. And then it comes yeah. back into our dimension. And it's just a haunted ship story, basically. And this is kind of what the show felt like after a couple of episodes. Because something on that planet is invading people's minds, even the androids' minds, and making them see things and hear things. Yeah, I mean, that's the weird thing, is that at first you're, you're convinced that only human, like humans, there's, you know, they can go crazy, but then the androids are seeing ghosts. And you're like, how can androids see ghosts? And then why is this android going off into this pod and having hallucinations of having sex with her creator? And then, you know, why, where do these these strange pits that are all over. Like, why do they go to the center of the earth, you know? And, and who is this strange cloaked man who is, who is stalking the, the, the zealots? And there's all, the, and then why are these people receiving visions from God, you know? And you're like, oh my God, like all of these things need to be explained. And then when, and then when mother gets pregnant and you're like, what? How is an android pregnant? This makes no sense. Um, and then, you know, it's, uh, there was a lot. There was a lot. Because I'm just like, they would, answer, they would answer one mystery and they would have 10 new mysteries every episode. Where you're like, holy I'm glad shit. you said that because that's actually one of the main reasons I kept coming back. Because at one point, I was wondering if J.J. Abrams was somehow involved <laughs> in this. This feels like a J.J. Abrams thing because he loves to set up these mysteries and never answer them. And that yeah. fucking annoys me, but it's great. I mean, I would say 50% of the mysteries are solved at the end of the series quickly, but... 50? I don't even I'd know about I, that. I think that's generous. I, yeah, I may be generous, but I think that most of them can be... be I mean, we, we still have some mysteries, like where where does the... Like the dodecahedron temples come from. Um, who are the pe- who is the cloaked man's people? Like we don't really know. They're they're who devolved they are. humans. Devolved apparently. humans, and and I've read some 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 good theories on like what it all means. Um, but it's just it's just it's it's a lot of chaos. It's a lot of chaos up until the end. I think the end answers a lot of it. Um, it's kind of a forward planned at all kind of ending. <laughs> 
<laughs> forward from us world. Yeah, yeah. Where like anything chaotic that doesn't make sense, it's all part of Ford's plan. Okay. I got I got so pissed in the uh, penultimate episode where um, Mother uh, touches these weird um, like uh, metallic, the playing cards. Yeah, the, the playing cards. cards, and she gets a vision, and you see like these cloaked people, and there's like this weird head on top of this like like cube and the head kind of looked like the head of the the space jockey from the original alien right and if you notice that but he was also very similar to the to the creatures that were attacking the village but not quite you know because those creatures are also quite very space jockey you know Mm mm-hmm and, and then, and then the fucking kid Paul burns them like oh you bitch I wanted to know I wanted to know I yeah so much, so much happens. Even though it seems really slow, I'm like, then you go back and you're like, oh, so much happens. Ah, like, I guess there's still yeah a lot of mysteries. Like, like why was father saved and things like that. But right, the number one thing I like that they set up is, and this is actually a cool mystery, kind of coming off from like a Song of Ice and Fire is what we like about a Song of Ice and Fire, the prophecy of the orphan boy or the orphan child who will lead uh, humanity to a new, like, golden age or whatever. And that literally could be every single character in this show. Because they're all orphans. They're all orphans. (laughs) (laughs) The ridiculousness. It's it's the whole thing. I mean, this is like Cersei with the second son. You're like, Mm -hmm. ah, second son. You're like, everybody's a fucking second son. Like, like, Jesus Christ. You mean the Valonqar? Yeah, the Valonqar. Little brother. You're like, everybody's a fucking little brother. Like, <laughs> half of siblings, you know, half of male siblings are little brothers. <laughs> so, <sighs> this oh. fucking show, it, so the show bothers me and it, it, it like, and it goes into like random ridiculousness all the time. One example is you mentioned Mother, the android. She's a fucking, yeah. actually, we don't really know what Mother is because we have androids and then we have... Whatever she is, she's a um, necromancer. Programmed necromancer unit, and I mean, there's a certain irony to it that she was the creation, that she's the creation, like her and the and the main atheist guy. There's there's a parallel structure because like she's a creation of the zealots, but she's been commandeered by the atheists, and then on the other side you have an atheist who was who's been commandeered by the religious movement. And they're, and they're, you know, going opposed to each other, you know, and, you know, I mean, so there, there's, there's some of that going on, but um, she's, she's, that's, I would say my, 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 the thing that my one huge problem with, with, uh, with the show besides pacing um, is that she is a mass murderer. She murdered thousands of people, including children. And after and a then, while, everyone just kind of lets that go. Yeah. Everyone lets it go. Like, quite quickly, the children are like, Mother! Mother! They're all excited. She killed all of your friends. Like, you, all of your friends are dead because of her. She murdered them. And your family members, too. And your family members, your parents, your friends are all dead because of her. And by the you last two like, episodes... But last two, but, but by the last two or three episodes, everyone's like, "Mother, oh my god, we have to help her." Somehow right. she's pregnant. That's not creepy to, and crazy at baby. all. Yeah, like they, ex- they explain why Mary would want her, would want to save the baby because Mary has like complexes about because she's infertile and stuff like that, and always wanted to have a kid and stuff like that. So they they kind of explain why Mary would be on board, but no, the children should not be on board. Like. There's no reason, no reason, because she's going, mother is going around acting psychotic the entire time, and she's a murderer. She's a, she's a genocidal murderer. Like, she tried, to, she tried to kill all of the zealots, including children, and then they're just like, mother! That pissed me off. That... They, they kind of hint that the necromancers might not be an original idea thought out by humans on Earth. Um, for some reason... God, I, they're talking about the, they're talking about the Mithras texts, right? And, and like the Mithras and, don't even understand their own science anymore. Exactly, and yeah. somehow I feel as though Soul and the whole Mithraic religion might have started on this planet. I get this idea, the Kepler twenty two B, where they are, oh, the whole show takes place. I get the feeling that it might have started there, and somehow it was sent to Earth, or maybe <laughs> sent to multiple planets. 
So um, now, now we're get, we're getting into like heavy, heavy give away the ending spoilers here. So this is what this is what I think. For, so first off, the ending is very George R. R. Martin, where you find out that every weird thing that's been going on on the planet is actually um, the prophecies and visions that people have been been uh, seeing are all tricks. They're all nefarious tricks in order to get the characters to incubate a flying snake. <laughs> right? Yeah. And which is, which is very, you know, and seven times never kill man, uh, uh, sand Kings. It's, it's so George R. R. Martin. I think ice and fire is going to end this way. end this way. Like that all of the visions, they're not from a caring God. They're from a, nef- you know, a nefarious agents who are tricking people. Um, George R. R. Martin has written a dozen stories like that. And this, that's how this one ends. Now, if you take it a step further, I've, I read, I read a, cool, a very cool theory, which I, I think is correct, that the devolved characters on the planet, um, so there's no such thing as devolution or de-evolution. There is, everything is natural selection, right? So mm-hmm. the idea is that if previously human beings needed to be tricked in order to produce snake monsters, all of the intelligent human beings would die and humanity would get dumber and dumber until they could no longer be taken over by the nefarious force. Like the nefarious force needed intelligent beings. And so they devolved to be unintelligent as a survival uh, mechanism. And I was like, oh, that does make sense. That's not bad. I I can see that. Yeah. But then, like, say you're that, then you take it a step further and you say, okay, well, what about this force? Like, shouldn't the force, like, how is it going to survive if, every, if everybody's dumb? Well, maybe it could send something to Earth to convince people to come here and then bring more intelligent beings so that it could reproduce again. So when you say, like, oh, in the, in the Mithras texts, it may be that the being sent those, those uh, nef- you know, nefarious visions and ideas to the Mithraists on Earth. They built the necromancers. The necromancers ended up killing Earth, causing them to come to Kepler-22b so that they could, they could be impregnated. Um, yeah, I, I can for, actually, you know, yeah, I believe that. I can find that, for, I can see that Ford happening. planned it all, you know, Ford planned it all. <laughs> <laughs> but what the fuck are these snakes? And not to mention, what was that, um, God, I... I don't even know what to call that, that shape in the desert of that giant structure. What, what, what yeah, is that shape called? Uh, I, I would call it a dodecahedron. So uh, I only learned this word from Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, a 12-sided die where you have a, a pentagon, uh-huh. but it's 12 sides is, is a dodecahedron. Uh, it means 12 Do- sides. Dodecahedron. Whatever the hell that is, I mean, ah, oh, fuck. So many, like intricate mysteries and it's just they're woven in here and they barely get answered and you're like oh, i want to know right the other thing is if yeah if you're if you're a, a nefarious powerful force like that wants to be birthed as a snake how are you doing it before your own birth you know what what is the actual thing sending the visions now before the snake was born that's what i want to know like what's what is actually doing this like and how is it able to infect at first, I thought it, it, it just infected mother, but apparently, father saw visions as well. Yeah, father saw visions. Uh, all the so, things. so it doesn't just extend to because it, it, if the necromancer blueprints came from like yeah. whatever is doing this, sent to Earth, um, it shouldn't be able to affect the service models unless the service models are also somehow uh, spinoffs of the necromancers, just more docile. And I mean, more... that's the thing: is this thing is so powerful, it can infect both silicon and carbon-based life forms. Um, there's a few things that aren't answered. Like, we still, we don't know why the cloaked man was trying to kill uh, Mother um, or who his people are, you know? But, I mean, maybe he saw the threat, but then, like, who are his people? How are they different from the other, cre- the dumber creatures that were attacking the village? Are they just a different offshoot species of devolved humans? Um, he's, he's apparently smart enough to know that she was incubating, you know, the devil inside her. <laughs> For me, the biggest question is how the fuck is that lander going to go right through the center of the earth into the core, into the core, not through be, the lot, through the hot magma. <laughs> yeah. And not be destroyed. What the, f- what? Right. Just 
like pressure wise, like even even the sense that one like lava isn't okay. Like one big thing in movies is lava is liquid, but if you were to like you can't jump into lava like Gollum, okay? Like even if it weren't gonna instantly like combust you as you got close to it, it's really dense. So you go you go smack right on the surface. Mm-hmm. There's you, you wouldn't you don't splash into lava like like Gollum. Like so that that's just silly. So one the lander can't like how is it going splush all the way through? But then like the gravitational pressure at the center of the Earth like would be like massive, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, how did that thing survive? How did the the androids survive themselves? Unless the snake somehow telepathically made like a force field, it was that powerful. But okay, like ah, it's, uh, that's really where that's where the ending for me dropped the ball a little bit, just 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 a tad bit. Yeah, it was a little it was a little crazy. It was a little um, you know ex machina. What annoys me the most is I fucking hated that ending. It was so annoying, but I want to know what happens next. I want to know. I want to know. I mean, clearly, you know, you got parallels to Revelation, birth of the Antichrist and all these kind of things. Like, you know, you, she, she thought she was birthing some savior. And instead, she's birthing the Antichrist. And, and it, you know, it's, it's the literal devil, Adam and Eve and the snake. And now Eden is, is destroyed or whatever. But uh, it's... At, at the very end, we get the uh, the atheists. They're, they they've arrived right. somehow. They've commandeered. The one thing I want to say about the atheists and the Mithraic. By the way, um, I don't know if you caught this in one of the earlier episodes when when, when Mary and um, and Caleb. Uh, I, I'm gonna call the I'm gonna call Caleb Ragnar because the actor played Ragnar Lothbrook in the uh, Ragnar Lothbrook in the show Vikings. And yeah, and basically, I get confused. I get confused actually. What's their original names versus their 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 cover names caleb right? is their original name but like okay. I, for, I forgot the motherfuckers like fake whatever i'm calling him ragnar um so ragnar at one point gets injured and he goes back to the camp and mary grabs him and she goes oh jesus christ what happened and i'm like oh jesus christ so christianity is a thing or was a thing and it got taken over by the mithraic hmm, interesting that, that's a little thing i noticed because she mentions jesus christ and she says yeah. it in that way. So I don't know if that's an error because I don't know if Christianity and, and Catholicism and Judaism and, you know, Islam was ever a thing in this version of Earth. But right. even I mean, if they were, Myth- yeah. Mithraic have taken it over. Soul has dominated everybody. Right. I mean, the Mithraic, there there was an original religion called Mithraism uh, during Roman times. Um, oh, really? Yeah. It was, it was a cult uh, that many in the military were part of. Um and it, it, you know, it just never, it never really took off or succeeded outside of, uh, outside of, you know, this military cult. That um, makes but, sense because uh, the one, um, the one, uh, the one girl kept like saying she had Romulus's tooth or something. Yeah. 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 A lot of connections mm-hmm. to, to that. So this might be like an alternate world where, where Mithraism becomes the dominant religion on earth rather than Christianity and, and Islam. Or, you know, Judaism, Christianity, Islam being, you know, the, you know, I understand there's still a lot of Hindus in the world, but uh, the dominant religions, most people on earth uh, identify with being either Christian or Muslim, so. But the one thing I noticed about the atheists is that they remind me a lot of, um, of uh, how Russians are usually portrayed back, like, 50 years ago. Like they seem very gruff. Like, have you ever seen the movie? I think it was enemy at the enemy at the gates where it's like, uh, it, it takes place. I, I believe at, as, as a Russian point of view during world war two and how the Russians are all like gruff and like, and you know, the mm. commissar will kill you if you run away from the battle, like they'll kill their own soldiers. The, the atheists, um, are very rough and, and tough and they don't. It, it seems like they don't use technology that often. Whereas the religious people love to use it. They have the jets yeah, and yeah. the the ship and and the robots, which is kind of weird and, and a bit of a turn because, I mean, not to be an asshole, but in our world, a lot oftentimes a lot of religious people love not to accept science, whereas right, the atheists right. like to do so. I mean, I think the Mithraists what what they accept is like the science that's in there that's in their scriptures, which is interesting. 
you know, um, that they don't even understand. But yeah, there's this, there's this, you know, very Luddite idea that, that technology is, is, you know, the work of the devil and that we need to go back to like simpler times, simpler, more biblical times, mm-hmm. I mean, you know. But, but the Mithraic are like the, the exact opposite. Maybe that's just a, uh, you know, a little, uh, little thing from their religion versus like Christianity. Cause I, you know, in our world, a lot of people don't like to, uh, you know, believe in science. And a lot of those people are religious, <laughs> just something I've noticed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's kind of, I mean, religion, religion relies on faith and faith is the exact opposite of, of, of science, right? Like, Science is looking for for evidence and proof, and faith, by definition, is is jumping to a conclusion without without uh, evidence or proof. I mean, that's the whole thing. Um, and so, yeah, the, I think uh, the science in general does have a um, a inherent conflict with faith. I'm gonna get flagged for this. People are gonna ask me about <laughs> the fashion police, but um, you know what? Fuck it. I am the fashion police. I hate their haircuts. Their haircuts <laughs> are absolutely. Mullets? I hate. Oh my god! Oh my god! I hate their so, haircuts. So this is this is a funny thing. So or again, like there's there's all these Rome callbacks, right? Um, uh, with with Mithraists, where where it was this military cult during the Roman Empire, they um, the most common haircut, like probably ever because of its practicality, was the mullet. <laughs> Huh. And there's a reason if you think about like the mullet and why like like they show these movies like like uh, um, fucking uh, uh, what, what's the one with uh, Brad Pitt and, and uh, where he plays Achilles um, uh, Troy Troy he has got these long hair and all that no in in real life those military guys back then they all had mullets and there's a reason you have a mullet um, is because if you're fighting and you're marching. And you're doing things that military people do. One, you don't want hair in your face. So you're going to cut your hair in the front. And it's going to be bangs. But at the same time, you're marching. And you're marching all day in the sun. So you don't want sunburn. So it's going to be long in the back. And so the mullet is actually like the military haircut of ancient times. And so they actually get that kind of right. I mean, that, the shaped uh. sides is a little is a little uh, a little weird, but yeah, the fact that he's got a weird mullet, yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's that's pretty. That's actually really funny, you know, because you hardly ever see that. In you do, you, like I, I actually thought for a minute there it was like um, you know like a futuristic hairstyle, right? Because in some yeah. futuristic shows, like they'll have like these this weird slang. Well, it's just the slang of the future. It makes sense, you know. And, as and we maybe continue they are on. doing that with the shaved sides. So, like, there's no reason for your sides to be shaved. Exactly. You, you'd still want your ears to be covered to not to also not be to be sunburned. And you know, but you you want you want a long mullet in the back to cover your neck. You want to be able to cover your ears, but you want the bangs cut so it's not in your face, so that you can see and you can fight. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I am the fashion police. Fuck you. I hate those haircuts. Anyways, <laughs> no. Years ago, the, the only reason I learned about this is that years ago, Iran announced that the mullet was going to be illegal because they thought it was like foreign influence. And I, I read this long article about how the mullet is the most universal utilitarian haircut of all societies uh, for this reason. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like all societies have armies, you know, or and, and and you know the mullet was the most practical combat haircut. You know what? And this also makes sense that you would know this because you're a huge Roman Roman Empire guy, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, isn't isn't the Roman Empire whole thing with uh, Ramus and uh, uh, Remus? weren't they raised by wolves themselves? Yes, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this show once again, I I. I Oh, I hate this show, but I want to know what happens next. But it, but it is a great, it is a great double, double meaning, you know, because it's raised by wolves with the Roman aspect, but also like, you know, we think of wolf, uh, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing and things like that and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so, you know, one thing so. I hated about this show was um, random things seem to happen that make no fucking sense. For example, <laughs> like uh, when mother, <laughs> like the temple glowing and incinerating the other leaders, so that so that uh, so that Caleb Marcus can become 
can become the the new leader. It has to be that that fucking uh, what'd you call it? Dick Dick Dictatum? What is it? Do, dodecahedron. Dick, say it again. Dodecahedron. Dodecahedron. That dodecahedron. I'm uh, you know, I'm so gonna deck, type this. Deck means ten, like decade, and then do before it is adding a, is adding another uh, two. So dodec is the is the prefix for for dozen. Yeah, I see it. A dodecahedron. I got it. Um, I'll just go back to this. What I'm gonna say. That I feel like that thing is 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 the cause of it all. But the stupidest thing in this show so far was eventually, as they're continuing on and traversing the planet and whatnot, um, they encounter a prisoner who was told by Soul <laughs> to yeah. rape women as they're asleep in in, uh, in uh, the cryosleep, and um, they eventually find this guy. He survived Mother's assault on the Ark, and he has yeah. this like weird thing around his fucking head. And eventually Mother uses him to transfer blood from his body to her body to feed this fetus that she has. And eventually, for some reason, he's able to reverse the blood flow of, of like this fucking tube that's going into both of them. He's able to reverse the blood flow from her body to his body, and somehow he gains super strength. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? What is happening? Well, first of all, first of all, like... The, the the rapist plot line I, I I I didn't like it but I suppose they tried to make it sense make sense of it at the end because in the beginning I'm just like wait a minute of all of the girls of all of the children that mother saves she happens to save a preg the pregnant girl that's been raped and then mm -hmm. of all of the thousands of people that died on the ship and there's only like thirty survivors the rapist is one of the survivors and you're like oh god. And then he happens to also survive her blast. Remember when they, they like make, they make him fodder and he like oh, yeah. survives that. And then they happen to run into each other. Um, you know, so you have this reunion of rapist and rapee and then and victim. And then like and then he provides this, you know, function like he happens to be this like blood bank that like is able to nourish this this baby, you know. And at the whole time I was just like, oh, this is so contrived. There's no reason that this guy should be alive. Like none. Um, you know, and then and then at the end you're like, okay, well I guess Ford planned it all. So <laughs> you know, like I guess because because it's like why did Caleb and Marcus like save the guy and like when, when the Mithras were ready to execute him they're like well this guy's a rapist let's let's kill him and Caleb's like nah let's keep him alive you know and you're like okay let's keep him alive and then he happens to survive the the blast and the crash in the first place and and you're like okay well the, the snake it was all for the snake so the snake planned it all I guess but. It, it, it seemed really dumb to me. Very, very contrived. And, and not to mention their plan to capture Mother while she's using the, uh, the 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 machine. So apparently she has another power where she can levitate and make things like explode from the ground. Huh? <laughs> yeah, her power. So this is like anything. Like when you make this is a big problem in fiction. When you make somebody god, when you op somebody, when you give somebody godlike powers. You have to come up with an excuse that they can't use those powers, right? Mm -hmm. like that's always the case, right? Because, you know, it's like with, with Maeve in Westworld, right? Like, she has infinite powers. Oh, but, you know, I guess she's malfunctioning today, so she can't just kill everybody. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so the same thing was happening with Mother, right? She has infinite powers, and then they have to keep coming up with reasons why she's not going to be using those infinite powers. Oh, her eyes are stolen. Okay. Yeah. She, she didn't have her eyes in that day. Okay. <laughs> and oh I guess, I mean, God. I guess, Mar I guess, you know, Marcus Caleb has her eyes now. Um, so, you know, she, I guess she, you know, she was stripped of all of her powers um, when, when Marcus like beat her up and then was told, and then did not kill her <laughs> because soul told her, told him not to, because the plot demanded her to stay alive, stay alive, even though, like, she should just freaking die. Well, <sighs> the, the Soul did tell, uh, if, if it is Soul, Soul did tell Marcus to, uh, that's his name, Mark, I'm, call, I'm still calling him Ragnar. Soul did tell Ragnar to keep her alive and he'll be the king of the, this world. And he and he believes it. And, and, and it, it yeah. goes as far as to send him a vision where he's fighting himself. 
Yeah, yeah, that was. I would. I mean, I would do. I. I will say, even though I think like fighting oneself is is pretty trite at this point. You know, Superman three kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you're fighting yourself. Okay. Um, or you're fighting a bizarro version of yourself, which is in comic books. Like, how many times has that happened? Like, how many times is there a bizarro version of Spider-Man? Whether it be Venom or whether it be, you know, uh, La Tarantula or whether it be um, the, a, a mutated Spider-Man version of himself, like, during the Infinity War. Like, there's so many, like, times where, like, you're fighting an evil version of yourself. Uh, but... I will say that the 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 fight itself was pretty cool because they were they were they were like doing were the exact same moves and kept hitting each other because like they had to do the exact same moves. I thought mm -hmm. that was kind of neat. It was it was choreographed very well. So before we end this uh, this 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 uh, podcast episode, whatever this is, uh, favorite <sighs> character, father. I love father. Oh, right? everybody loves father. Father is definitely the favorite, my favorite character. Father's awesome. Uh, mother. Eh. I, I like I said. I just. I think I think there have been better portrayals of androids. Um, David from Prometheus and Alien Covenant did a uh, yeah. Michael Fassbender as David did an amazing job. It's almost as though these two forget that they're androids and they try to act like androids, but they're really not. And uh, that kept throwing me off a bit. A lot of the times they don't act like androids; they just act yeah. like humans who may not have emotions today and may have them tomorrow. Right, like when he get, like when father gets jealous at the end, you know, near the end of the series and things like that. They definitely are having clearly emotion, you know, clear emotions constantly. Um, it makes sense if they were cyborgs, you know, part human, part part uh, robot, but they're not. They're apparently right. just androids. So, yeah. and 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 making them cyborgs in hindsight would have been a better idea. That way, you could explain the visions. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of any other characters besides father. I kind of like, even though Hunter's an ass, I for some reason like Hunter. Um, I don't understand what it is. I guess maybe his character is like consistent and like I can kind of understand where he's coming from. Like he, he's still a zealot, but he kind of likes father because who wouldn't like father? Mm -hmm. And so he's just kind of like doing what makes sense at the time. Um, even, though, even, though, even though he's an argumentative asshole, like um, I kind of like him. I like Lucius for some reason. Like Oh, Lucius. Uh, for those of you who felt as though the character of Lucius, which was uh, um, Ragnar's like buddy, the zealot guy, um, he played um, one of the main characters in season three of Narcos, oh, okay. in case you wonder if, for the audience if he looked familiar. I I actually uh, kind of liked um, Campion for like the first couple episodes, and then I disliked Campion. He got annoying. And I like yeah. Paul, I but mean, then I hated to... Paul. Yeah, you're supposed to definitely relate to them. And I definitely related to Campion and Paul in the beginning, and then both become nuts. Mm -hmm. like Paul becomes a zealot, like ultra zealot, and then Campion like, becomes like, I've got to protect mother, and he stops being logical, you know, like everybody else. I mean, I guess it makes much more sense for Campion to be attached to mother than, say, um, I want to say, like, why is Holly or, like, Vita... Um, like into into her, like besides Tempest and Hunter, the other kids are just kind of like glossed over. Yeah, I mean Tempest, Tempest, you're you're supposed to think, oh, well, she was raped, and therefore she now hates the Mithraic and is just gonna like side with with Mother, and they give her and Mother a lot of screen time, so you can kind of maybe see Tempest being on Mother's side, and you can see Campion being on Mother's side, but there's no reason. No reason at all that Hunter, Holly, Vita, Paul, any of them would like Mother. Like, she murdered thousands of people. Uh, I don't get it. I just don't get it. You're not going to let this go, are you? This whole murder thing? Oh, You're no. not going to let it go? No, it's really, it's just really bad. It's just, re like, that jump is just bad. I mean, the only thing you could be like, okay, like, they're all suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Okay, maybe. You know, that's the only explanation, but that's not really how they, they portray it. Preston still no. won't let Tyrion live down the fact that he killed his father and Shay. <laughs> no, 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 no getting uh, over it. So I mean, these, are, these are these people, these are people that are like, oh, you know, like Jamie's redemption story. It's like, 
JB cannot be redeemed. <laughs> like he he can't be redeemed. Stop it, Preston. Anyone can be redeemed. <sighs> Uh, you push it. You push a child out of a window, and you have sex with your sister. Ah, come on. Who who, who hasn't done that? Who hasn't uh, done that? <laughs> so before we wrap it up, uh, the themes once again, themes are, are are pretty cool. You hit the nail on the head with that. Uh, the show's mysteries. They kind of answer one, not really, and then present you four more, which is really yeah. annoying. But I guess that's what hooks us in. Uh, characters are all fucking insane and out of their mind. And I don't know if that's by design. <laughs> except for father. <laughs> except for father. Father is the wholesome one that is probably going to die at the hands of the snake. I think that was kind of foreshadowed when mother literally grabs him and throws him down on one, on one of the, the snake skeleton's tooth. Oh, I guess I like Mary too. I mean, there's no reason not to like Mary. I mean, Mary's the most relatable character, I suppose. Yeah, she is. She's. I, I guess she's the most normal one, kinda. But she, she yeah. also did ha have a hand in killing Paul's original mother, so... Yeah, that's pretty shitty. That's <laughs> really shitty. And taking the woman's face to, you know, escape the Earth. Everyone kind of sucks in this <laughs> show. True. Really, everyone it's just really, kind of sucks. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so, so, the show, as much as we're annoyed by it and a lot of shit doesn't make any sense, I would still recommend it. But here's oh the thing. Oh my god, I would. Yeah. No, absolutely. One, like, just, like, from an imagination design, like, aspect, like, all of the sci-fi elements, they're so creative. Just seeing people, like, just the, even in, in the idea of um, you know the the Martian, the movie about the guy surviving on Mars. Like, there's yeah, so Matt much Damon. of that. There's so much of that in in it, you know, about them surviving on another planet, you know, and um, there, oh, there's I it's much to. of the Martian for like the first three episodes, and then it becomes like I said, Event Horizon towards the very end, <laughs> where it's like a haunted planet type of thing, and like there's a theory about that it may be like an airborne virus that's infecting them. But once again, why are the androids themselves who are not organic why are they seeing these things as well how, why, how did mother get pregnant yeah. what the fuck is the snake thing how did how did caleb develop a resistance to radiation not Which, caleb uh campion campion how did campion develop a resistance to radiation because that's totally not a thing <laughs> like you can't get a resistance to radiation but okay how did the <laughs> atheists even get to that planet considering that apparently they weren't supposed to have that technology but i guess now they do uh, I don't know. Just, yeah, just I mean, so much going on, and I hate the fact that I I want to know what happens next, but I want to know. I want to know. I know. I know. And, and there will be a season two. There will be a season two. That was announced, but because of COVID, it might get pushed back. Yeah. So, like everything else is being pushed back. Like I'm sure yeah. House of the Dragon, which was supposed to premiere next, no, in 2022, I think is what they said. Either yeah. 2022 or 2021. Most likely 2022 at this point. They just cast their their uh, Viserys Targaryen, so we're definitely getting the uh Targaryen yeah. Civil War. That's oh, going yeah. down. So everything's getting pushed back, but I'm honestly I'm glad HBO has this new show. We needed a kind of weird horrific horror-esque yeah, sci-fi yeah. show no i mean it, it's a show that definitely has major flaws but at the same time it's like its strengths are so unique that i have to recommend it like it's just it's just a show you need to see like it's just so different and cool and there's so many there's so many great aspects to it it's got a lot of weaknesses but it's got so many good things about it that i have to recommend it you know and it's once again i i have to repeat Normally, I would, I would advise people give it the three episode test, but with this show, you got to give it the five to six episode test. You really got to stick with it. And, and, and at once that point, you're, you're you're practically near the end. Pretty much. And I gotta commend HBO. Like they released, maybe they were aware of how annoying the pacing was. They released the first uh, first week three episodes, the next week uh, another three, and then afterwards like two. I until think it was we got three, two, two, one, right? I th I'm pretty sure it was three. Hold on, let me check real quick. I'm pretty sure it was three, three. Um, let me check real quick. But I like this. I like this happy medium. It's not one episode a week. It's not the whole series. Because the last the last episode was just one. So it, there has to be another odd number. Uh, there has to only be one other odd number. So it had to be three, two, 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 one. No, no, you are correct. I'm sorry, you are correct. It, it was three, three, yeah. three, two, two, one. Um, yet, yeah, like I said, ten episodes. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ah. 
Fuck, fuck the show. <laughs> it really bothers me. This fucking show bothers me, but you got to watch it. And oh, I, yeah. I would say it's the most interesting sci-fi show uh, so far. Uh, even oh, yeah. better than Westworld, I would argue. Definitely better than Westworld season two and three. <laughs> Definitely better than Westworld season two and three, but not for the reasons you think. Not because it has a better story or better yeah. actors, but because the mysteries really enthrall you and you just want to know what the fuck is happening. Like, if, if, if the showrunner just emailed me right now and said, here's the plot line. This is what's happening. I will never watch the show ever again. <laughs> like, like, if I got an email from the showrunner saying, hey, I saw your podcast, uh... <laughs> Here's what's going on. Here's what's this really is, happening. This is the whole thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm ne- like like if Game spoil of, it for you. If George R. R. Martin emailed me with like the whole plotline that wins in Dream of Spring, I'm still reading the books. But if this motherfucker came to me and he's like, "Here's what's going on with the snake. Here's why she got pregnant." I'm not watching season two or anything else ever. Like fuck that show. So on that note, definitely check out Raised by Wolves on HBO Max. Uh, Preston's recommending it. I'll recommend it begrudgingly. Under protest, I recommend it. <laughs> under protest. This is probably chaos. I know there's people that are like have, have, have listened to the entire podcast and like do not like know what the fuck we're talking about. There's an android that got pregnant? There's a snake? What? There's a we snake. Didn't talk, a we didn't even talk snake. about that, that medical android episode, which was like crazy. Oh, that goodness, fucking this... Android was so creepy. That medical. Why did they even make it like that? That was fucking. Cr- they needed some exposition. They needed someone for her to talk to. Mm. Oh, oh. Fucking snake. So, so I, I, I still can't get over the fact that the lander went through the core of the planet <laughs> and out the other end into like the tropical. Oh my god. It's so stupid. Oh god. It was. Yeah, it was a, definitely a jump the shark moment at the end. Yeah. Jump the Shark was the season finale, like the last two minutes of the episode. Jump the Shark. It took Game of Thrones like several seasons. This fucking thing just season, like the season finale. It's just so funny because it's so slow. The show is so slow. And then in the last five minutes, like more happens than the entire other ten episodes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, like father discovers... The, the whole mystery of the planet and then the baby's born and you find out what's at the bottom of the pits <laughs> and they get to the tropical zone like it all happens in like a minute it's he's not please if anything just watch like the first and then the last episode you, you'll understand what we're talking about <laughs> fuck fuck this show bro holy shit oh god it's so it's <laughs> okay all right all right all right press it uh, <laughs> Preston, let's let's wrap this up before let's we die here. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, um, you know, leave your thoughts down below. Definitely check out the show. It it really is worth your time, kinda, not really. I'm not gonna go into it anymore. Um <laughs> please follow Preston on on Twitter. Uh we might actually do uh more discussion on this in the future, um, because I'm sure there will be like more about this as well. Um it's uh Preston Jacobs, Sweet Robin nine thousand, right? That's your handle on Twitter? Yeah. Sweet and Robin, also Sweet also follow Preston on uh, on Facebook as well to get more updates on if we do decide to cover uh, more creepy sci-fi shows. But as always, guys, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.